So, Thomas, we're back again for episode five. That's exciting, isn't it? Who would have thought it? Yeah, they said it would never last. Mm, and it nearly didn't. <laughs> no, indeed. Uh, yeah, so we, we weren't quite as uh, diligent as we'd hoped in May, only putting out one episode, but it was uh, well-received, I think. Hmm. Well, they only did a limited number of episodes of Forty Towers, and everyone liked that. So. Yeah, exactly, so that's great. Yeah. Um, and so today, I think, we're here to talk about what went on in Italy mm. and also Holland. First of all, let's listen to some music. What have we got here? I think we're about to hear um, the Kyrie from Reinberger's Cantus Missi, or his um, eight-part mass in E-flat major. the occasion for that oh well this was um possibly the occasion about which i was the most nervous of the whole trip it was also a very exciting occasion because um i was going to well meet for uh, for another occasion one of my musical heroes um perhaps the the director of the most famous uh, men and boys church choir in the world that of king's college cambridge Um, and stephen clebury was absolutely delightful very informative and um, the masterclass that we were fortunate enough to to have with him was certainly one of the highlights of the trip. It was quite something wasn't it? I mean he took the measure of the choir I think and uh, they seemed to get a lot lot out of what he had to say. They did. I, I found it fascinating that, I mean, the, the boys of the choir had heard me talk about him and they know about a little bit about the King's College Choir. But they certainly don't have the sort of um, learned reverence that I have. Um, and yet I was interested that, um, that this man only had to walk up to them um, and say hello. And already he seemed to have uh, their undivided attention. And uh, I thought that was remarkable. Now we can actually hear a little bit uh, of Stephen talking to some of the boys, which is interesting, I hope, for posterity's sake. The audio quality isn't perfect, but, you know, you you get what you can. So let's have a listen to that now. So you have two years. Yes. It's, 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 it's,
I think I wasn't the only person that, that found that occasion interesting. Obviously, the choir did. Um, but, of course, uh, we were fortunate to have with us on the whole trip um, several members of staff from the Cathedral's Choir School, from St Mary's Cathedral College. And um, the the person that had really overall responsibility for the pastoral care of the choristers uh, from Belgium right through to the end of their time in, in Rome was um, Miss Carolyn Lewis, who joins us uh, as the special star special guest, guest. Of, of the podcast episode today. So that's a bit exciting. It is, isn't it? Hello, mm. Carolyn. How are you? Hi, Richard. Hi, Thomas. Hi. Uh, you were at the masterclass then. Uh, what was your impression of the, uh, the uh, event? Well, I have absolutely no musical training whatsoever, but from a teacher's perspective, I have to agree with Thomas that the way in which Stephen Cleabury held the attention of every member of the choir was fascinating. And he spoke so softly to them. And just the way that he was able to capture their attention and um, engross them was really remarkable to watch. Well, we were very fortunate that um the agent that put the tour together, Elizabeth Haylar of Haylar Music Tours, um, had in a previous uh, incarnation um, worked as one of the agents with uh, that did touring for the choir of King's College Cambridge. So of course she's um, well connected with Stephen Cleabury and was able to um, put that together for us. It was uh, one of the many excellent benefits of having engaged Haylar Music Tours for us. Good, that's a nice plug. Is she paying for it? <laughs> no, discount? I, think, I think she deserves it. No, well, she was very good. I mean, Liz Haylar herself, the principal of the company, was uh, on the Italian portion of the of the tour, mm. and she she knew how to get things done. Basically, I mean, Absolutely. and uh, it was. I, I think that took a lot of um, pressure off some of the other administrative staff. Certainly did. Um, so that's undoubtedly a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and touring musicians isn't quite like other types of touring no indeed <laughs> as you now know yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> but we were only in rome for one night initially and then and then you had your master class in the chapel of domus australia actually the, the 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 day after we'd all arrived now that's a very nice place where people should all go and stay if they're going to go to exactly rome. that's the second should, second sponsor for the episode absolutely, domus yeah, australia. Yeah. no i mean you're quite right i mean the the chapel is absolutely uh, remarkable I, i'm afraid i'd not been there before Mm. Um, of course, the choir was there in 2011 for the opening of the of the chapel and the blessing by uh, Pope Benedict at that point. Um, but it is remarkably remarkable from a, a sort of aesthetic point of view and also the acoustic. The acoustic is wonderful. I think it's probably the favourite venue that I've taken any choir to sing in Rome. Um, it's, it just sounds beautiful. And you're right, it's it's beautifully appointed and I think it's remarkable that um, the people responsible for restoring the chapel mainly of course uh, Cardinal Pell um, actually commissioned a lot of artwork mm. every side chapel I forget how many there are there must be eight at eight least eight at least yeah um, has its own original altarpiece of Australian-related um, saints or, or saints that have, have, have had something to do with either the chapel or Catholicism in Australia and, um, and other scenes of, of importance for Australian Catholics. And they're really remarkable. The artist Paul Newton has, has done some extraordinary work there. Including, I believe, Our Lady of the Southern Cross? Yes, and it's a different 
um, iteration of the image that we have in St Mary's Cathedral. It's a full-length um, portrait. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you've seen the one in St Mary's Cathedral, it's actually very nice to see um, the same image of, of Our Lady, but as, as you say, Carolyn, it's full-length and, and different in other ways. It's beautiful. Yeah, quite right. And then there's uh, you know, representations of Australia uh, throughout the chapel, even the ubiquitous kangaroo, the kangaroo is yeah. supporting the the, the, the base lectern. of the lectern. Yeah, that's that's quite fun. Mm. And then the um, the coats of arms of the various uh, dioceses around Australia who have uh, supported the yeah. uh, the construction. So we, you know we were pleased to be in Domus Australia, and that's a, that was a, a great honour in itself. Mm. Um, and uh, later on in the tour, uh, we returned, and the choir sang at its own mass said by the um, the dean of the cathedral especially that was lovely it, it was, was very nice it? to have that opportunity uh, sort of uh, en famille yeah yeah um but anyway as i say initially we were only all in rome for for one night and then a morning and then we off, off we traveled to florence now you i was i went by train i was rather fortunate in that way because the train took all about two and a quarter hours but uh you were on a bus that seemed to take quite a long time Ah, but time spent together on the coach, as you know, is golden. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, Thomas, you slept the whole way. I did quite a lot of that, didn't I? Thomas did quite a lot of sleeping. I I was kept entertained by the students. Oh, yeah? Yes. So um, we discussed Harry Potter. Right. Computer games. Yes. Music choices. Yeah. Mm. Some of these things you know some things about. Indeed. H- how are you on computer games? I believe Fortnite. Fortnite is the that's latest. a thing. It is a thing I've heard. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I think it's hot right now. Um, Pokemon, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Thomas, you know about? I mean, you work with with boys day in day out, so I know that these things exist. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> they haven't. They haven't sort of cajoled you into uh, playing no, them yourself. No, they have not. No, well, too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> anyway, we all got to Florence eventually. Uh, and there was the opportunity for a bit of, of touring in Florence. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think the far-reaching influence of the De Medici family becomes very evident when you are walking from location to location. I would like to have been a Medici. I think that would have been a, a good thing. Boom. Oh, yes. How can we arrange that though now? I think, it's, I think with difficulty. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do mm. some research. I'm sure Wikipedia will have some answers. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, in this world, if you want something enough... Yeah, you can do it. You, I mean, it's your truth. That's right. So you were mentioning the experience of just kind of being on tour, you know, often, you know, hours at a time on a bus. It, it does, <coughs> it kind of changes the relationship of the individuals involved, doesn't it? It does. And yeah. uh, the choir that sings together, um, you know, it really has to have some kind of uh, relationship um, betwixt the members. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is something is as boring and, and simple as spending time together on a coach I think really does help that yeah so any fallings out I well Carolyn might know better than I do but I, I wasn't aware of any significant um no no a few minor squabbles but nothing nothing major at all right I think it lasted more than about 30 seconds which is one of the delightful things about teaching boys yeah yes they seem to be over their tips rather quickly 
That's good, as opposed to girls. Is that what you're saying? Is that it's your, in your experience? The yeah. grudge holding. <laughs> yeah. I would be terrified of that. I just know that if I taught girls yeah. and, and you know, had, had to say something you. direct, as I often do in, in choir practice, that yes, it would be, oh, well, don't worry, I'll get you. <laughs> so. Oh, well, mm. you, you learn some skills that way, though, probably. <laughs> Whether or not they're skills well, you that you necessarily just... want to admit that you've got. But, uh, <laughs> yes. Now, there was, a, there was a concert in Florence... Uh, Our first concert in Italy was in Florence. And uh, it was in, in an interesting venue. Yeah, it was. It was a, a deconsecrated church that had become, um, well, a venue for all sorts of things. Yeah. And in fact, uh, although we were giving a concert there, the, the whole church space and I think ancillary buildings was given over to a, an exhibition about Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah. Um, so there were flying machines and models of, of battle um things and uh, all of that all around the place which was rather interesting yeah but now the 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 sort of performance space itself as you say deconsecrated church i mean it was effectively i mean i might be quite wrong about the sort of genesis of the whole place but it felt like it was um the apse of a church that had been sort of stuck onto effectively a sort of barn type structure you know timber and and sprung floor and the, app, the 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 churchy bit had had all the statues removed. Yes, and uh, it was it was it was strange. I, I thought. And instead of um, the what you might expect stone walls of a church, there were giant screens, giant white screens, onto which had been projected pictures of guess what, St Mary's Cathedral, Sydney. So that, in, in fact, including um, pictures of the choir. Mm. So we walked into these. Just larger than life photos of us <laughs> <laughs> and St Mary's Cathedral which was um, a bit strange but very nice <laughs> the concert in Florence was also in the aid of fundraising for a children's charity yeah it was and in fact they, they I think it was some sort of clowning for, for sick children yeah clowning um, for going, sending clowns into hospitals yes yeah. that's right and, and so one of these clowns came to see us before the concert and suggested they'd like to offer the boys clown noses yeah, I explained to them that they wouldn't be doing that. It is not before the concert, but they were welcome to do so afterwards. And I believe the boys took them up on the offer. I have some they photos did. of them in Florence after the concert oh, in right. their cassocks and red noses. That's um, that's fun, isn't it? <laughs> um, I don't know how sort of successful it was for the the clown charity as a fundraising venture. It was a uh, an interesting. Um, sort of crowd there well I know that the audience liked it very much and it was interesting talking to people afterwards um, some of whom had come really quite some distance even within Florence because they'd seen that it was um, advertised and uh, people that had heard about the choir from the internet and therefore wanted to take the opportunity of hearing it uh, live so that that was interesting well it's uh, the internet's good for something then Mm. yeah great Um, so after Florence we went to Siena I think I had been to Siena before, but had forgotten it. Yeah, right. So that was nice to discover it fresh. And it's quite a... It's a um, Florence is a lot of... Uh, the, the old town is very sort of uh, narrow and constricted, but Siena is that even more so. Mm. Yeah. But the, it's got that wonderful um, square. It's not really a square, a piazza in the... The, um, the Piazza del Campo. Yeah, where they had yeah. that wonderful horse race. That was nice. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, but then um, you had a special um, experience, actually, really, because you were performing with another choir in yes, Siena. another choir, which I, I'm sure really must be um, certainly one of, if not the best um, church choir I've ever heard in Italy. Stunning. Um, professional singers from all over the country yeah. um, auditioned 
to, to come together in order to sing in Siena Cathedral a certain number of masses per year. And um, they're extremely fine. So it was wonderful to have a workshop with them and um, their director, Lorenzo Donati, uh, who uh, spoke perfect English, of course. Yes. Um, and was able uh, to rehearse with our choir and theirs at the same time. It was really very good. So we've got, um, actually, for the listeners, a, a little clip here um, of that rehearsal, the secret chervis by uh, Palestrina under um, Lorenzo Donati's uh, uh, rehearsal. So um, the, the the venue where they they live effectively this um, this choir. I mean, they're not actually based at the cathedral itself, even though they are the, the cathedral choir. But that um, they're in a, um, a palazzo, and well, that's choirs, pretty fabulous. Need administration and, and rooms to rehearse and yeah. all of that sort of stuff. So yes, they are in a, in a palace, but. Would you like a palace, Thomas? <laughs> well, I'm sure some at the cathedral think that we have a palace. Um, it's not quite like that. I think no. the former archbishop used to describe the choir rooms as being palatial. Um, perhaps he'd never been there. Um, but um, <laughs> They are underground. They are underground, yes. The Music Academy, which organises this cathedral choir, are based at the uh, palace of the family of uh, Guido Chigi Saracini. Yes, who was a count. Yeah. And that's quite nice, but it's it's so it's a lot of stucco, uh, and we had the opportunity of of having a little bit of a tour around. One of the boys was able to play uh, the piano owned by Franz Liszt. Yeah, and we saw the bedroom where um, uh, the Queen Mother yeah. <laughs> used to like to stay when, while she was alive. Yes. It was Morocco, though, as you say, really quite different from your rehearsal space uh, here in Sydney. <laughs> yes. But also, as you say, the the choir was particularly fine, mm. and they were obviously very so accomplished musicians. It was an honour to rehearse with them, and an honour to, to share a concert in Siena Cathedral with them. So they sang the first half, and we sang the second half, and then combined for three pieces at the end. Yes, and uh, um, Lorenzo Donati conducted one or uh, two, two of them, two of those pieces, and you conducted Mozart's Ave Verum Corpus. Mm-hmm. 
with our own Dominic Moad playing the uh, Siena Cathedral organ. Yes, yeah. such as it is. Such as it is. Yes, he did say that bits of it just didn't work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that's fine. And you know, he, he... I think that's the typical Italian way. <laughs> it is that seems right? rather Italian, doesn't it? <laughs> well, speaking of the Italian way, I mean, this is a concert that was scheduled to start at nine p.m. Nine p.m. But we which might is difficult have in itself. Had the first music sung at about nine thirty, yeah, or later. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, at about 25 minutes past nine, some lengthy speeches started mm. and, uh, and then the music began. That's right. But that was fun. It was fun. I, mean, it must I have felt been, so sorry for the boys. It must it have been, been a long day anyway. Yeah, it must have been exhausting for them. And then them. they weren't singing really for some time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it's, uh, it, it, we get back to the reality of life on tour. It's, mm. not, it's not the somewhat more um, systematised uh, schedule that you have when you're at home. That's right. Yeah. So after Siena, we returned to Rome. Did you get a chance to see some Rome? Did you? To see some Rome? Yeah, did you go and look at ruins? I did, yes. Colosseum? We went to the Colosseum. We saw the Forum. I tried to teach the students some Latin. Oh, very good. No, it didn't go down well. So yeah, so there was some some, um, touristing in in Rome. That was all seemed to be on the last day when everyone was... (laughs) Particularly tired, but I know there was another another walking tour. The oh yeah, saw the Spanish Steps, the Trevi Fountain. Oh, that's right. They did they did the sights. They all the, the sights worth going halfway well, around good. the world to I see. I mean, exactly. I mean, you and the Lay Clarks managed to find some coffee that was as good as coffee from Melbourne. I so think it was me. actually coffee from Melbourne. Was it actually it coffee from Melbourne? It was run by a Melbourneite, which oh. I found a little a Melbourneite, Melbourneian, which I found a little. Oh, that's exciting, isn't it? But they, yeah. You're in Rome. That, Why are you drinking coffee from Melbourne? Isn't that Coles to Newcastle? Well, actually, no. I, uh, isn't it interesting that um, I've noticed in this country that they take the, the making of coffee very seriously, and why shouldn't they? It's, it's lovely stuff. It actually isn't the first time we've discussed it on this podcast, and so that actually demonstrates. <laughs> oh, quite, yeah. it's come round yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, so I, it's interesting that they should take it seriously and, and go to Italy, but. Um, I would agree with with certain of, the, of the, my colleagues that the Italian coffee mostly isn't that nice, which is interesting considering that they make the machines. though it wasn't all just touring there were a couple of singy singy events um the first was another concert and that was in the afternoon so um it was a slightly different uh, proposition yes in uh, a really lovely church just uh, off the piazza navona st agnes i believe yes st agnes in agony and uh well it's if a, she wasn't before we started singing, she certainly was ooh, after. No, I don't think that's quite true. I don't think that's quite true. I think it was possibly the best received concert of the that's, Italian. That's concerts. right, actually. Yes. And the the lovely thing about it was it was in the afternoon, so there were plenty of tourists around, and while they some of them came and left, 
the well, a good number of them certainly uh, came and then stayed. Yeah, not and knowing anything about the concert beforehand. Exactly. They just happened to be there. Um, and so to the point where there were crowds standing around the seats, there was not enough seating. Yeah. And, you know, if people people were quite polite and they left, you know, between pieces. But inevitably, when someone stood up to leave, there would be someone, you know, immediately there to fill up that seat. So it was never, it was never kind of um, empty or anything. And I had a number of people in the audience come up to me afterwards and remark on just how wonderful the choir was and how special it was to come to that church and to visit the church and to, to see the choir performing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, there were a couple of um, Dutch ladies who spoke to me briefly after the concert um, and said, um, you, know, you know, how wonderful it was. And I said, oh, thank you very much. And how did you hear about it? And they said, oh, well, we didn't know. We just happened to be here just before and we stayed. So... Um, yeah, well done, Thomas. <laughs> and I, of course, had my new cassock that had been made for me oh, by, the, by the papal tailor. So I, I, th- I think that uh, I think that you know everyone enjoyed that. Yes. <laughs> so why don't you talk about the experience of you? You acquired not one but two new cassocks, I believe. Well, the, the tailor did it, it remind me that because I have to wear a cassock almost every day mm. at work, that you know such things can can wear and tear, and um, would be really better to have two. And, and whilst we're at it maybe one in a in a week a winter weight fabric and one in a lighter fabric because he knew that australia can get hot he, uh, so that's uh, how he managed to sell two of the things and the cathedral can be very cold in winter it can be very perishing and uh <laughs> but um when you say that but some of us actually do sit in the front pews at this time of year it's oh, a bit well, chilly more fool you yeah <laughs> but, uh, no I, I i'm now very happy with my my new and have you been wearing... Because I was looking at you the other day. Uh, I was wondering if you were in one of the new cassettes. Of course. So, that, so that, that's now your everyday that's garb. That's what I wear, yes. Um, and, uh, but it wasn't just cassocks that you ended up with, Thomas. I mean, I think, you, you know, as you say, the, your man <laughs> sold you uh, not one but two cassocks, but also... All... I think he believes that you're a bishop in disguise. He, he certainly was reluctant to accept that I wasn't a priest. Right. But I, I mean, despite, I did make, try to make that very clear. Mm. Um but uh, no, he sold me every kind of conceivable uh, accoutrement that you can think of. But um, and will hmm. any of this stuff ever see the light of day? Um, Fancy dress, maybe. Probably not. Right. And then the final official engagement in Rome was uh, something rather special. Yes. So the the reason for going really um, was to sing in St Peter's Basilica uh, with the Sistine Choir for a papal mass on Pentecost Sunday. And uh, we'd known that it was coming, but um, we didn't know really very much about what it was going to be. Mm, what um, we required of you and that sort of thing. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So uh, that only made it all the more exciting. Right, mm. right. Uh, and so what did end up happening? We had to arrive really quite early at one of the side entrances to the Vatican, already vested for mass wearing wearing our whole lot and um got taken through uh, to where the sistine choir has its vestry and where they prepare went to did some waiting around there and we were told to get in line our boys behind their boys our men behind their men mm-hmm. and to start processing which we did through corridors upstairs downstairs um, through uh, this colonnade on, and, and was a bit of a 
rabbit's warren. It really was <laughs> all over the place and, and past um, vested cardinals and bishops and priests. And then Through really chapels. without any warning, suddenly we were processing up the aisle of the basilica. And the boys, of course, hadn't ever been in there before. And just before mass, all the lights are on. It it was a, a rather well, overwhelming. Full of people. Yeah, indeed. All staring at you, I think. I mean, because I was among them doing yes. the staring. And certainly the looks on the faces were interesting. Mrs. McCarthy was very excited. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was. was yeah, yes. I think afterwards she described it as being, you know, like some kind of celebrity. For others of us, it was exciting to see the the inscription in the floor showing, well, there were various inscriptions showing where different cathedrals from around the world um, would would come up to ha- had they been placed inside St. Peter's Basilica, which, of course, is the largest church in the world. And even St. Mary's um, Cathedral, Sydney, has, mm. its, has its demarcation. You found, you found that one. We did, some way up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's quite, quite large, St. Peter's, we know that. Mm. And so um, for Mass itself... You um, were sitting next to the Sistine Chapel choir, yes, behind the altar. They'd very kindly made a, a sort of platform for us to to sit on and right. sing from, right behind the papal altar. Could yeah. not have been closer or, or better um, place to to see the whole proceeding from. It was really Im- remarkable. And what was it that you then sang? So um, we had the opportunity of singing a few things before the Mass began. We sang something that had only recently been performed at the, the Royal Wedding. The day before, I believe. Was it the day before? I yes, so. that's right. Um, but you weren't copying them, you'd already no, planned no, no. it. No, no, it was for Pentecost, so yeah. that's why we sang If You Love Me by Thomas Tallis, um, which actually um, another uh, an English choir has sung in recent years in St Peter's Basilica. Uh, but I wanted to sing something that, as far as I'm aware, has not recently been sung there. And so for Holy Communion as the, the motet, we sang Loqua Banto of Various Linguists by Thomas Tallis. And I think that either has never been performed in there or certainly not recently. And people who are interested can, they can see the recording, can't they? Of, uh... Yes, that's on, on the Vatican, or the, the Vatican television has put it on, on YouTube. Right. Now you have to contend with the uh, talk over by... Uh... Yes, by the commentator, but you know, that's yes. it. you get you get some of the experience anyway. Mm. Um, but anyway, so that 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 was Italy, and uh, Carolyn and some of the other members of staff um, accompanied choristers back to Australia. Yes, but you weren't going back to Australia, Thomas. No, so the Leclerc's um, had some concerts to do in the Netherlands. Um, uh, so that took us, I think, another five days uh, before coming back to Sydney the end of the week yeah and um, how did that go very well yeah pleased mm. with it very pleased uh, uh, and you um, it was all organised through one member of the choir I think is that is that right yes um, Kuhn van Stader who's the director of the scholars um, is in fact Dutch right so he he had the contacts and uh, made it possible for us to sing in uh, various places and visit some others and we also had a, a master class about Gregorian chant of course the, the men of the choir hadn't been in Belgium um, so we were able to connect with one of the experts we'd met there and he gave them an excellent session oh good mm. excellent would you be uh, keen to go back to any of these places <laughs> yes of course yeah it's a bit complicated though isn't it it's a big undertaking we won't be doing it again in For the very while. near future no so what did you think about it all, Carolyn? You know, you, you heard the cathedral choir sing in the cathedral. You've seen the boys at school being boys. Um, and then you saw all of that whole 
palaver of, of this European tour from beginning to end. What, what did you make of it? I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was the most wonderful opportunity for the boys. Was there anything about the choir that surprised you that you, you, you hadn't previously known or ever thought about before? I think um, it wasn't so much a new experience for me, but just seeing once again the cam camaraderie between the, the choristers um, and even particularly in Belgium, the way that the scholars looked after the choristers as mm. well. Um, I think he used the word family earlier on. And I think that that really is the essence of the choir. Oh, I'm and very pleased to hear that. It's, it's wonderful to watch. And um, well, I think that these boys are very lucky to have that. Yeah, it's, it's a special thing. And it's one of the reasons we've got to uh, keep, it, keep it happening. Well, uh, thank you both very much for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Richard. Um, we will be back next month when I hope we're going to be talking about the uh, some choir history mm. uh, because it is, of course, as we know, I mean, part of the reason of the tour was that, that uh, this is the choir's 200th year and that's that's uh, an important anniversary. So uh, we're hoping that, that next month we'll, we'll talk a bit about that. Thank you very much for listening and um, if you enjoy the podcast, do please leave a comment on iTunes or on the podcast's um, page at uh, cathedralchoir.sydney slash podcast. Uh, and um, subscribe to the podcast if you're, if you're not already subscribed because it's nice to know that people are actually listening. Until the next month then. Lord,